Welcome to the Live Exposed podcast. This is the podcast that is designed to help you break free from the fake life you've been living and live in actual freedom, the life you were actually meant to live. We're so glad you tuned in, and we hope you enjoy this episode. And if you do love what we're talking about, please hit the subscribe button, follow us. Also, uh, be sure to share this podcast with your friends and family and help them experience the life that they were meant to live. So, here to help you navigate your path to freedom is the host of the Live Exposed podcast, Mr. Reggie Brock. Well, hello again and welcome back to this 30th episode of Live Exposed. I cannot tell you how thrilled I am, not just to be with you today, but spending the last 30 or 32 weeks with you, actually. It's been exciting for me to hear back the things that are going on in your life and the changes that are actually occurring. You know, we can sit around and talk about change, but until we actually see that change, you know, what value does it really bring any of our lives even to talk about it? You know, I'm tired of dreaming. I want my dreams to come true. Same thing with change. I'm tired of hoping for change. I have got to do things that initiate change in my life so that I can actually change. It's not that complicated. But people seem to think they can think about something long enough or, you know, they can get enough people praying about something hard enough that they need to change in their lives. But can I tell you this? All the prayer in the world is not going to change the heart of a man or a woman who decides that they're just going to be obstinate and unwilling and not caring enough to make changes no matter how hard we try for them. And I'm glad that you are making decisions on your part to make changes by receiving this word that you're hearing and then activating it in your life. Listen, I don't think that there's anything magical about what I talk about. I mean, I believe that we are creatures of habit. I think that we do things and it becomes automatic to us. And then one day we wake up and go like, this automatic reaction that I have or response that I have is not getting me where I need to go. So I've got to make changes and I've got to be serious about it. And I'm thankful that many of you have decided that and are moving down the right path, back on path, so to speak. And you're actually going to see some of your dreams come true because you've altered what you're doing so that you can get to a new place. You see, we can't keep traveling down the same roads that we're on and expect to find a different destination. Just doesn't work like that. To go a new place, you've got to do a new thing. And I think that's what's happening with many of you, like it is doing and has done for me. And I'm I'm celebrating with you, even though I don't see you, I talked to some of you. I'm celebrating with you who I've never even, I don't even know who are listening to this podcast. I celebrate with you that you're having incremental, even just incremental change in your life. It's tough. It's difficult because we've become, you know, so used to the way we think and behave that change really gets us out of rhythm. And it makes us start thinking about things that we haven't thought about before because we want something different than we've ever had. That makes sense, right? So I applaud you. And I'm glad that on this journey together, we're getting to new places. We're progressing. We're not staying dormant. We're, you know, there's green, new green, new life popping out of us. And 
for that, I'm grateful. And so today we're going to continue that on that path together. And I want to talk to you about a subject that's really important to me, and that's the importance of not just starting something, but finishing it. So I've entitled this, We Remember the Finish. Let me give you a great example. In 1997, actually April of 1997, in Augusta, Georgia, to me the epicenter of uh, of golf in the U.S., there was a young, uh, aggressive, swashbuckling <laughs> young man who showed up at 21 years old, put that peg down the ground, put a ball on top of it, and reared back and started in motion from a professional standpoint, in my opinion, as great a, a career as anyone has ever had. His name Tiger Woods. He had played in the Masters prior to 1997, but as an amateur. His first trip to Augusta as a professional, there was much anticipation around it. Literally the week before, uh, in, in Florida where he lives, one of his close friends, Mark O'Meara and him, were out playing golf. And the week before the Masters, Tiger went out on their home course and shot a 59. I mean, a 59. So Mark's thinking going into the tournament, and I'm sure as Tiger was thinking, this is our, this is, I mean, you, you can, you can do well, maybe even contend. I don't know that they were really thinking about winning, but after shooting a 59 and then one week later, you're kind of carrying over that game to the Masters. But from what I hear, the Masters is just a different mental environment. Tiger tees the ball up on the first hole, draws it back. And on the out, and hit it straight down the middle, the first shot that he hit there at the Masters as a professional. But on the outward nine, that's the first nine holes he played, he shoots a 40. Four shots over par. I remember listening to that broadcast and watching this young man and thinking to myself, such high hopes vanished by shooting 40 on the front nine. I remember hearing commentators talk about having such anticipation about his arrival on these hollow grounds known as the Masters and realizing after 40, the first nine holes of him being four over par and many of the players that he was competing against at that point were four and five under par, thinking to themselves, oh, it was a great story, but, you know, he started off slow, so probably he's not going to have a chance. Can I tell you his inward nine? Outward nine was 40. His inward nine was 30. Six, I'm sorry, five under par. Tiger finishes, I'm sorry, four under par. Tiger finished the first round even. Still way down the leaderboard, but there was a glimmer of hope because though he started painfully, he ended that round gloriously. He just refused to give up because of a poor start. There's a whole lot of shots between one hole one and hole 72. But can I tell you this? And some of you remember this. Tiger not only went on to win the Masters in 1997, but he lapped the field by 12 shots. 
Can I say that again? He didn't just win the Masters. At 21 years old, he lapped the field of all of these professionals that had won the Masters, had won other majors, and he lapped the entire field, beating them by 12 shots. You see, we don't remember the outward first nine at 40. We only remember him winning, shooting minus 18, beating the field by 12 because he finished strong. Can I tell you this? It's not how you start that matters. It's always how you finish. Tiger Woods was not consumed. He wasn't depressed. He wasn't overtaken by starting slow. He realized who he was. He knew what game adjustments he needed to make, and he made them and went on and picked himself up on hole 10 and went on to record break the Masters scoring. And today, we look back on him and realize and say, you know, at 21 years old, he won his first Masters. Can I, I want to tell you, you can't overlook in that story. He started out slow. Believe me when I say to you today, in my life, I have hit some bad shots. In other words, I've made some really bad life decisions, and they're chronicled in this podcast. I've shared that with you, and many of you have shared with me your slow starts or how you've made mistakes that have kind of slowed down uh, the dreams that you've had and hopes that you've had. But let me ask this. How about you? Has your start been less than anticipated or hoped for? Have you started something that took off in the right direction and quickly you saw that this thing was in a ditch somewhere or you you were being penalized because you were in the wrong place at the wrong time or you were being held back because of decisions that you've made that rightfully so uh, were really slowing your progress? Have you found yourself wanting to give up because of such a poor shot or poor start? I have. And what I want to speak to you today is to encourage you that your poor start can be overcome with a strong finish. (laughs) I don't know where in life you are right now, but what I do know is your start is not as important as your finish. I am here to tell you today that if you will keep grinding and you will turn to the next series of life that life has for you and regain your composure and start doing what you know is the right thing to do to get you where you need to go, you can turn that round of life back in the right direction and it not be over. You see, some of us, because of commentators in our life, have just given up after a bad front nine. You know, some of you that are hearing my voice today have prepared yourself You've started off in the right direction. You've had good counsel. You've had good training. You've had good coaching. You've grown up in the right kind of house. But when you started off on this new journey by yourself, hoping to make a great career or a great marriage in your life possible, you've failed and you've made mistakes. But can I tell you this? Your life is not over. The round that you're playing has a backside that you can recover from and make get back on track to win the championship in your life that you're hopeful of. Tiger Woods was a young man obsessed 
with not just starting, but finishing. And he's still like that today. Guys, throughout history, you see people who may have started out slow, but they just didn't quit. You know, the thing that frightens me most about the people I talk to regarding their future is that they have big dreams, but they have a tendency to want to faint when pressure gets upon them. They sow good seed. They they start out in the right direction. They they, they hang in there for a, a short and brief period of time. Then the first series of challenges comes their way. They're penalized because of a bad decision. Can I tell you this without sounding like a jerk? I promise you this. When you quit, you have no opportunity for gain on anything that you put your hand to and tried to get accomplished. You cannot sow seed and walk away and expect to reap a benefit when you've not tended to what you've put in the ground. And so even if things, and they will, get bad, they don't go your direction, they don't turn out the way you want, it's just one moment in your life, it's not your whole life. We can't be distracted by momentary distractions because of bad decisions that we've made. It's not your life. It's a moment unless you determine this is your epitaph. This is who you are. This is just the way you want to be remembered. But can I tell you this? Tiger Woods for sure didn't take his bag after shooting 40 on the front nine of the Masters. He went to hole 10. Can I tell you this? You need to go the next place in your life. You need to get up and try again. You don't need to put your toys up and go to the house because your feelings are hurt or because you failed once again. Get up and try again. So today, what I want to do is talk to you about some things that you can do that will take your life to another level because you've not quit. Things that are missing in your life that I think if you will put into your decision-making kind of process, I think you will see that you can finish what you start. So at times, even though we have had lousy track records, today I want to focus on what's missing that's causing us not to finish, simply just starting. I want you to learn how to finish what you start. So here's Four things I'm going to share with you today, and then uh, I'm going to close the podcast. So the first thing that I think stops us and inhibits us from finishing what we start is we didn't properly count the cost. You know, there's some dreams. Well, I, I, I'll, let me rephrase that. I think all dreams and all progress has a price to it. And it does. I don't think that you just casually flow through life and, you know, you just wake up one day and there's a pot of money sitting there. Uh, you know, I don't think you just wake up one day and you go to bed the night before, hopeful of your marriage is going to wake up better in the morning when you wake up. And, you know, you got to get up and put your hand to the plow and to work to make a marriage happy and prosperous. And the same with work, you, you know, you, you got to get out and put your hand to the plow so that things will happen. And there's a price to be paid for any progress that you're after. So some of us get up with big ambition. And some of us, 
get up with great aggression. We've heard something. We re- feel something. We, you know, that it's for us, and we start taking off before we've really counted the cost. <laughs> then we're quickly down the road. We realize, hey, I ain't paying the price for this. I think it's the first thing that we have. We just don't properly count the cost. Here's the second thing I think that causes us that will help us finish what we start. If that, if we can understand uh, that we, that some of us, and I'm one of them, we just have this shiny object syndrome. It's like a cat. I used to love to get these lasers, and whether it's a dog or cat, I could put that laser on the wall, and it about drive a cat crazy. I could be petting my dog and tending to my dog and even feeding my dog. I got this laser out, and I put it on the wall. It just totally distracts him, and I'm kind of like that in life. I'm pretty easily distracted. So one of the reasons I haven't finished things in the past that I've started is I've just got easily distracted or interested in something else. You see, when you're passionate about something and something really belongs to you that you're truly after, distractions are going to be minimized, if not eliminated, in your life. So if we continue around with this uh, this uh, shiny object syndrome, everything new comes our direction, we run after, as opposed to finding something that is for us and pursuing it and actually accomplishing it, we have got to get rid of that syndrome of just chasing new and shiny. And we do that. We get in a rut of an idea that we have and we don't like it, you know, and so we just, something else pops up and it's new to us. We go like, hey, that's fun. So we start chasing it. And so as a result, we started a bunch of things and finished few. The third thing that I would tell you is this. We, at times, we start things and can't finish because we face the unexpected, face unexpected things that come out of nowhere. I mean, just things that happen to us that are not our fault. Um, but they get in our path, they cause something to kind of block our progress. And I think that, honestly, I think that does happen. Where people, uh, there are situations that just come up that are out of your control. They happen. And it really takes the air out of you. I mean, it's like a gut punch. It's just kind of like, you know, it's just kind of like uh you know, I can't go any further after this one because it hurt too bad, and I get that. But, you know, what we don't have to do is to accept that. So though it happens, we've got to get past it. And the fourth thing, and I think this is the big thing that I want to share with you today, is we just lack patience and, per- and persistence. Patience and persistence. I want to talk about those two ro- words as I close the podcast today. Because I think for us to finish what we start these two words have to be <laughs> fuel to us. I mean, they've got to be the, the, the thing that really keeps our engine running until we actually capture what we've dreamed of. We actually see come true what we had hoped for. Let's talk about patience just a second. The word patience is an ability, listen, or willingness to suppress restlessness, annoyance, irritation, loss of temper, complaining, when confronted, listen, with delay, misfortune, or pain. (laughs) I I cannot tell you how I have lacked what I just read in my own life. And some of the time, probably all of the time that I found myself not finishing what I started is I promised I could tell you I was not patient. I, I, I got annoyed. I got restless. 
I got irritated. I lost my temper. I was a constant complainer. Anytime I was confronted with the notion of it's just not getting there fast enough. What I'm wanting is not, there's delays. There is misfortunes that just are just life issues that have happened or pain. Sometimes to get progress, pain is required. And for me, I never realized patiently that pain was a part of my progress. And so when I lost patience, I lost this willingness to to suppress and fight against losing my temper in situations or blaming other people or complaining constantly to God and to everybody else who would listen. This thing is just not happening fast enough. I got to go find something else. That lack of patience cost me finishing very important things in my life. Have you ever found yourself like in the middle of pursuing something just constantly irritated? Or how about this? You live your life complaining and everything and everybody is to blame for the delays that you're experiencing in your dreams becoming reality. We see that's a sign of patience being nowhere in your equation and your process to get to where you're going. Patience is this ability to suppress all of these childish things that swell up in us where we're not getting what we want when we want. And that leads me to the second word, and that word is persistence. I love this definition. It says, it's an obstinate refusal to stop in spite of difficulty or opposition. I'm going to focus on the word obstinate. If you're a parent and you had a child growing up, you know what this word obstinate means. My son growing up, there were things as a child that he would just dig his heel in the ground on. And I would almost, I mean, I just, I just, <laughs> he was persistent that he wasn't going to do what I was asking him to do or eat what I was asking him to eat or his mother was asking of him. He was obstinate. He became difficult to deal with because in his mind, he had settled the issue and no more pressure I could put on him was going to change anything. Now, listen. This is an interesting way to describe persistence is an obstinate obstinate refusal. In essence, digging your heels into the ground in certain issues and refusing to stop in spite of difficulty or opposition that's coming your direction. That's That's somebody who knows how to finish. They just realize I am not going, I refuse to stop. I refuse to keep moving forward because of a little opposition or difficulty. There are a lot of people that you and I know, and maybe it's us ourselves that maybe needs to take a dose of this for reality. And that is this, look, we get a sign of difficulty and we go like, well, this must not be for me. We're not obstinate in our refusal to stop. We just give in too easily. When things get difficult, can I tell you, and there's opposition, can I please encourage you in this? It's a part of the process (laughs) of progress, (laughs) just like pain is. And so if we're moving along and there's little or no resistance, I find it hard to believe that that's something that you're after that's going to matter. There is a price to be paid for valuable things. 
And if what you're after has true value in your life or in your family's life, guys, you can expect a little pain. You can expect some delay. You can expect some irritation. You can expect some misfortune. You can expect some uh, uh, delay uh, because of difficulty and opposition. But the fact of the matter is you've got your heels dug in and you're refusing to stop because of any of the nonsense I just mentioned. That, my friend, is someone who's going to finish. Can I tell you this? I don't want to be a great starter. I want to be a great finisher. You got to start to finish, but there's too much emphasis, in my opinion, on starting and very little or no given to finishing. Finishers are the ones that get the prize and the reward. And it's just not handed out to everybody who raises their hand and asks for a T-shirt to be a part of the team. This is something that takes effort and sweat and grind and endurance and ability to fight through obstacles because we obstinately refuse to stop because of difficulty, challenges. And what we do is we we require our own selves individually to have a different outlook from going for, from now going forward on what difficulties, challenges, and difficulties bring to our life and delays bring to our lives. Can I tell you this? This is where winners really know how to win. Tiger Woods didn't shut it down after nine holes. He went on to lap the field again and win by 12 shots, having started out as slow as he did. Can I ask you this? Do you think you can still win? Do you think that what you have hope and dream of is still possible? Then you got to keep playing forward. You've got to move on past what you just failed to accomplish in the past and decide, I don't care. I got to go on. And so I promise you this, if you don't go on, you'll never finish. And so the question remains to me today is, are we patient? Are we persistent? Have we really counted the cost of what we're looking for? And if we have, are we really willing to stay diligent? Or are we like the cat that just sees a shiny object and runs off into the different direction? Some of you are frustrated today because you just not finished anything. And what I'm here to tell you today is you can do it, but you've got to determine that I am going to have the characteristics and traits in my life that are going to keep me focused and driven and grinding even after I have a bad start. Because you know what matters? We remember finishers. (laughs) I don't remember 1997 because Tiger Woods just shot a 40 40 on the front nine. I remember that he won the tournament after starting with a 40 by 12 shots. Guys, it's not over till you quit. And I encourage you today, that as you start thinking about and moving in this direction of, of really wanting to finish something, that you'll take to heart the importance of what I've said today. Practice patience. Practice persistence. You realize that the unexpected is going to come to your direction, but you've got to fight the fight. You've got to finish the race to win the prize. Thank you so much for being with me today. I always count it joy knowing that you've taken the time to visit with me every week. If there's anything that I can do 
please reach out to me. I'm very accessible on social media. I'd love to talk to you if there's any way I can help. Until next week, God bless you, and we'll talk. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Live Exposed with Reggie Brock. In fact, if you did, go ahead and rate the podcast and give us some feedback. We'd love to hear from you. We also would love if you subscribe to the podcast and also shared it with your friends and family. They would probably enjoy it as well. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you guys next week as we continue down the journey that leads to ultimate freedom through living the life that you were meant to live.